What is leadership? Is leadership something you are born with or something that you can learn from? In this episode, you are going to learn what leadership is from a very good friend of mine. All the way from Togo, West Africa to Bali, Stephen Dosu is one of the most sought-after coach when it comes to the topic of leadership. He's the co-founder of Leadership University. Well, let's cue the intro and jump straight into the conversation. So the big question is this, how is it possible that shy and socially awkward individuals like us can have the confidence to approach a stranger and strike a meaningful conversation? To have the ability to network and connect with yourself so that you can network and connect with others. To not only survive, but thrive in this noisy world and be the connector you're meant to be. And at the same time, be the truest, most authentic version of yourself. That's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Ping Hendra and welcome to Network and Connect Podcast. So, uh, Stephen, maybe you can share a little bit about uh, yourself, your journey of from where you are, where you were to where you are right now, uh, uh, so that they can get a, a better understanding of who you are. Okay, great. Um, thank you again, Ping, for the opportunity. Well, my name is Stephen Dosu, and I'm originally from Togo, West Africa. And uh, when I say Togo, a lot of people don't usually know, you know, where Togo is. Some people ask me, like, Tokyo? I'm like, no, no, not Tokyo, right? <laughs> not Tokyo. I'm not Japanese. I'm Togolese, right? So Togo is a small country in West Africa. North to the south is about 600 kilometers. And east to the west is about 180 kilometers. It's right next to Ghana. So when I say it's next to Ghana, then people are like, oh, okay, yeah. So you can go on Google Maps and check it out, right? So the population currently is about just 7 million people. Just 10 years ago, we were about 4 five million people so it's a pretty tiny country right it's a republic we have presidents there right so it's not a it's, it's not a bush or a forest right <laughs> well well that's where i grew up uh that's where i spent my first 18 years and i was born in a two-bedroom house uh with my father being polygamous my father had two wives and i had eight siblings so that was nine of us we all shared the two bedroom right so the the girls would sleep in one room and five of us which are boys would sleep in the living room and then the mothers would be with the father in the other room and uh, that's where i grew up that's where i spent my first 18 years we went to school to go to school we walked for five ten miles a day and eventually when we went to university i mean the university system let me not even talk about that there's about I mean, back then, the ratio was 4,000 students to one professor, right? And, uh, and, and, and one thing that I say that people usually laugh at is that, uh, I don't know how it is right now, but back then, when a university professor had his own projector, he was viewed among all his colleagues as a star. <laughs> wow. I mean, how, how crazy is that, right? So, so yeah, so that's, that's the university I went to study economics. And while I was going to university, I also, you know, uh, did my own hustle on the side, sold computer materials, you know, uh, uh, softwares, uh, keyboard, accessories and stuff. But here's the thing, right? Um, I believe that every man in his life has a dream and has a vision. All right. Sometimes the vision can become blurry. Sometimes the dream can be inexistent. But deep within, there is something that we know that we ought to fulfill. And for me, it was just that voice that resonated within me that I could be something much better, much greater than how I was and how my circumstances were back then. Because you know what? You can say whatever, but a seed 
it's always a product of its own environment. Right, so you can take a seed and, and, and you can leave it on a, on a table for 50 years, right? It will never grow. But take that seed, put it in a well-rich soil, put some water on it, and boom, it becomes a tree. So I looked around in my environment and I was like, you know, can this environment enable me to unleash whatever I have deep within as I view myself as being capable of many other things? And, and, and I was able to discern those by looking at how I was with my, my, my mates at back at school, how I created a relationship, how I networked with people. Right. I remember, although I was still a student back then, but the people that I knew were high placed in the government, where were international people. So I looked around, I was like, you know what? I did a projection of like, you know, if I stay around here for the next 10, 15, 20 years, I may not be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. So then I decided to go into, you know, a better country that could offer me those opportunities. And then I looked around, you know, I looked at Europe, I looked at America, I looked at uh, uh, Australia, but the visa constraints were terrible. As a matter of fact, they still are, right? So then I opted, I looked at like, you know what? Okay, so South Africa is the, you know, next best country which could offer me that environment for me to grow and to prosper. And that's when the day came. I took my backpack with my few clothes in it, few jeans and few t-shirts with less than $150 in my pocket. And I was like, mom, time has come. I'm leaving. Mom was like, where are you going? I'm like, mom, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a better version of myself, right? Like, really? And I was 18 years old, right? Like, like 17 going to be 18 because I finished high school pretty early. I finished my high school at 15 years old. So... The journey started, my brother, Ping. The journey started. And it was a journey that was full of lessons, full of challenges, right? Days came where, I mean, the $150 couldn't actually take you very far, right? Days came where I had nothing to eat. Days came where I slept on the street on that journey. Days came where people took me in their homes, right, just to aid me. And eventually, going through challenges, dangers, you know, I mean, there were times where I was this close at the verge of death without losing the vision, without losing the faith and enthusiasm of where I am going. And let me tell you something, there's nothing more harder to keep your vision, right, when everything around you is falling apart. It's easy to give up, but I didn't give up. And eventually going through day by day, eventually that day came true when I arrived in South Africa, right? And let me tell you something, not because I arrived in South Africa that it became rosy. No, no, not at all, right? I have done any kind of job you can ever think of in your entire life. Just name it like this and I will tell you I've done it, right? I've dug fish ponds. I've been a security guard. I've been a car guard. I've worked in stalls, packing shelves. As a matter of fact, at a point I was sleeping in a shack of $20. And, and let, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> In the shack of $20, where you have mice, right, at night, and you have, you know, you, you, you just have those, you know, those mice. It's, it's almost as, as if they knew that, you know, like, like you are broken, you can't do nothing. And in the night, they will come while looking at you, you know, picking at you, they'll come and eat your food, you know, and, and, and they, it's almost like they are telling you that, hey, we know you are broke. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, 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 you know, I mean, I, I, I sleep in that shack, but every day I wake up in the morning, you know, convinced that, you know what, I'm going somewhere. And out of point, I was, I was selling 
um, as a street hawker. You know, started just, just because I mean, my, my capital that I started the business with was less than $50, right? And I was selling cigarettes, fruits, biscuits, just a street hawking stand. And as I was there, you know, I love when they say that do everything that is worth doing is worth doing greatly because you don't know who's looking, right? And I wake up in the morning, all proud, all excited, as if, you know, I had everything. I would go and just be there and with my energy and enthusiasm until that day. It was a Wednesday afternoon and, and the gentleman came and said, hey, listen, um, I think I might have an opportunity for you at Walmart. Come through for interview tomorrow morning, right? And uh, I mean, <laughs> to go for the interview, listen, being, um, I didn't even have proper clothes. So I had a, a friend of mine who was a pastor. I went to him and said, hey, listen, I just got this opportunity now. What can you do for me? Where did you draw? Pull out his brand new trousers and a brand new shirt. Like, hey, yeah. Go for it. And I wore those as if they were mine, right? Walking tall, all confident. And I got to the interview and luckily I got the job and I was tasked to sell vacuum cleaners, right? But let me tell you, I had never seen a vacuum cleaner in my life till then. For the 18 years of my life, I had never seen a vacuum cleaner. I didn't even know how to switch on one. <laughs> so I got, I got given a pitch, a sales script, and I went home. And I started this sales script and I came back the following day. And from the following day, because I was hungry, I was driven, I was ready to do whatever it took for me to change my circumstances. And that took me two years nonstop. I worked for seven days a week, every single day, for more than 10, 10 12 hours, every single day. There were days where the HR, HR manager would come and chase me out of the store, but I just wait till it disappeared and I just make a U-turn and get back. And you know what? Hard work with focus and determination always pays off. And in less than two years, I went from becoming, I, sorry, I went from being a sales consultant on the sales floor to you know, gradually and at a very fast pace, growing through the ranks of the corporate. And I found myself in less than, less than three years, found myself in the senior management of the company. And, I, and let me tell you something, right? In the senior management of the company, I was leading more than 100 people, 150, 200, 300 people. Now, look, coming from a two-bedroom house, coming from days where you had no food to eat, Coming from days, people call you names. People were racism on you. People did all kinds of things on you. Where days were so cloudy that you didn't even know whether you made the right decision or not. And now, standing and leading hundreds of people, that is an accomplishment. And right after that, right after you know, that corporate journey, I went to start my own business. And I ran for a while. And eventually, you know what? We win, we lose in life. And my business failed. It, it, fell, it, it fell apart, it fell apart. And that's when I decided to relocate to Asia and restart a brand new life. And when I came to Asia, I worked on many, many other projects. But you know what? If you have the gift within you, right? The apple truth is within the apple seed, right? And it's got to come out one day or the other. And uh, my gift is in inspiring people. My gift is in speaking. My gift is taking people's mind and making them believe that whatever they see or whatever they believe they can achieve, they can indeed bring it to life. And I am the living proof of that, right? My gift is into taking somebody that's suffering from the three type of demons of mankind, which are fear, self-doubt, and low self-esteem taking those, those kind of people and transforming them into becoming people of belief, 
people of faith in themselves. And that's what I embrace fully for almost two and a half years now. And let me tell you, the journey has been a blast. The journey has been awesome. I've spoken to over 10,000 of people. I've coached over a thousand and transformed over a thousand lives. And it's still ongoing. And I'm loving it. That's powerful, powerful stuff. So my question to you right now is, uh, how do you discover this, uh, I would say, hidden talent of you since you are already in a, you know, like I would say, a very comfortable uh, senior management position, right? And how do you like decide to, okay, I, I need to start something on my own because I have this calling, whatever that is. Um, how does, how is that story for you? Yeah, cool. So here's the thing, right? So first of all, let me, let me, let, let, let me put this forward, right? That um, I do not believe that we are created by a big bang theory or we came from monkeys or anything. That's not my belief, no. My belief is that we are indeed created from God and we have the identity, we have a godly nature, right? And, and a friend of mine says that the closest human beings can get to God is is when they create, right? So when you are creating something, right, you are, ex you are exercising your godly nature. And so I believe that in each of us, God has implanted a gift, right? And, and as a matter of fact, we are all made to be leaders, but not leaders of, of people necessarily, but leaders of our own domain of gift. In other words, when you're discovering your gift and you're stepping into it, you are what you're becoming, you're becoming leader of your own destiny. I love the quote of Nelson Mandela, which says that I am, this, I am the captain of my soul. I am the captain of my destiny, right? So, so, so then what happens? We go to school and then, you know, we get a job. And sometimes it's jobs we get because of economic reason, because we need to survive, right? But here's the thing. When you get a job, a job should be there to help you sharpen your gift, polish your gift, not the other way around, not kill your gift, right? So when I got a job, right, in, in, in sales and business development, I work with people. As a matter of fact, we all work with people, right? And, and one thing that made me very successful among all the other managers was my ability to communicate with the people and to motivate them and to bring the best out of them. You know, I remember I would spend my entire weekend while all my other colleagues went and party. I spent a weekend creating models of motivations, you know, creating structures in which I can present to my, my, my team on Monday morning, six o'clock, so that they can feel more motivated, so that I can stretch their thinking to new levels, you know. So I took my job actually as a practice ground, not as a place of rest. Right. I took my job as a place where I'm going to use to polish my gift. Right, because it's simple. To discover your gift is, is so simple. The question is this, what do I do that I can do again and again and again and again and again without the loss of enthusiasm? I love, I love this definition that says that courage is the ability to go from challenge to challenge without the loss of enthusiasm. And apply the same analogy to finding your purpose. Finding your gift or your, what your purpose is, is discovering what it is that you can do, that even when the world is falling apart, is what you, you left with, is what you can do 
again, again, and again without the loss of enthusiasm. And what I can do again and again and again with loss of enthusiasm when I saw it, when I, when, when I took a look around, was speaking to people and inspiring them. It's bringing the best version out of, out of them just with my words. I always say that it's my words touching their essence. Not their mind, not their heart, but touching their essence because my words go back to the origin of them and create the change. So when I, imp- when, when I noticed that deep, too, you know, when I understood that, hey, actually, this is one thing I can do again and again without ever, ever getting tired of it. I'm not going to let it waste, right? I am going to take it and I'm going to make the best version out, out of it. So that's how I got to discover my gift. Wow. Wow. It's, uh, it's actually a gift as well for you to be able to discover your gift. Not many people have that ability uh, from what I've seen. I mean, from, from all my uh, years of um, doing this stuff, uh, a lot of, oftentimes people are very excited after they listen to some uh, someone speaking, maybe a motivational speaker or get some ideas from a book or something and they get excited. And then after that, they just die. Yeah, yeah. Um, what advice can you give to them so that they can continue to, to have to thrive? Oh, Ping, you are a star. I love the questions you're asking, man. I love the questions you're asking. You know, I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on his head, like Americans will say, right? I mean, I've seen it so much, right? That's why, like, when, when, whenever somebody comes into my life and is getting all excited, like, I never respond back to excitement at the first place. I just, I just wait. I keep some time to see whether the excitement is going to be ongoing or not, right? Because I've seen it so many times. You know, people are like, hey, I have this idea. Then you see them on social media for, for a week, right? Seven, every, every week, you know, every day they post their stories, you know, then after seven, they're like, okay, all right, cool, okay, next, pass next, you know. So, yes, here is what I've understood, thing is that in life, we go through challenges, right? In life, we live experiences on a, on a daily basis, right? And all those experiences are put together represent the things, or should I say, the values that we stand by and the belief and the perception of our own self, right? So it is my firm belief that all those experiences put together, they only lead to two paths. The one path is the one on which there is confidence, there is clarity, there is vision, there is drive, there is passion, there is determination. Or the second path on which there is fear, false evidence appearing real. There is self-doubt, the paralyzing force which stops you from taking action, and there is low self-esteem, is the feeling of being unlovable. and incompetent a lack of confidence in our lives we always it's almost like you know a, a vicious circle as we go and go we always come back to that that point where we have to go either left to yourself that loss of seem or we go right where there is clarity vision determination and fulfill our purpose we always have to make that choice right now the things that we live, the experiences that we live, the, 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 the families in which we've been raised with, the people we have around us, the perception of others, of ourselves, those things put together now determine whether we find ourselves very excited of which we want to take action continuously in the things we believe in, or we take action for a day or two and then that excitement dies again.
right? So it is then very important that to be aware, first of all, of those two paths in life, that we consistently have to make that choice, right? The awareness. Secondly, when you make the awareness, you've got to be, you know, very, uh, how do I say, honest yourself. It's called naming and shaming, right? In LLP, they say name and shaming. Name and shame what it is that you know. You know that, you know, every time I get excited and seven days after my, my, my excitement dies, if I have an idea, you know what? Be honest yourself and, and acknowledge that this is what happens to me. And once you acknowledge it, try to determine, okay, where does that come from? Why does that happen? And once you have found that, fight it. Be aware of it. Once it start happening, come on, put on some audio tapes, listen to the right person, find the right books. And most importantly, I always say, like I said before, that a seed is a product of his environment. Surround yourself with the right people. The people that will hold you accountable. Not the people that will say, ah, okay, you know what? Yeah, okay, you know what? Okay, just another excitement again. And okay, all right, next. No, no, no. The people that will look into your eyes and tell you that, hey, listen, you told us you're going to do this. Do it. We are watching you. Right? Surround yourself with the right people because the right people, what Les Brown says, that QPO, quality people only. <laughs> I love that, right? <laughs> so surround yourself with QPO, right? And so that... Whenever you have, you know, a certain, I don't know, idea or vision or dream, you're able to pursue it relentlessly. Now, the challenge that most people have is uh, they are so used to their own circle of friends and they are so comfortable that when they get, for example, let's say they find a new friend or they join a new circle and they know this circle is good for them, they start to abandon the old circle and then they will start be like, hey, look at this guy. He is, um, he, uh, you, got, you are so much better than me. And, you know, they are so afraid of being judged by this bad circle, right? Yeah. Has that ever, ever yeah. happened to you? And if so, how do you handle this situation? Hmm. <laughs> Being, yeah, the kind of questions you're asking me, it's almost like people are going to shoot me after this. <laughs> look, uh, here's the thing, I think, is that uh, honestly, I've never lived a life in which I am worried about what people think of me, right? Um, I always say that my purpose is much bigger than anybody else combined together, right? My purpose is much bigger than the 7.7 .7 billion people on the face of this earth, right? What role I am to play right, in my society, in my community, is much bigger than the people that, right, I have to worry about. Therefore, I do not worry, I do not, you know, even care about what the next person is thinking of me, right? I'm sorry, but I will give you something to talk about. I'll give you something to criticize me. I am too busy fulfilling my dreams. I'm too busy fulfilling my purpose. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do you know how, how hard it is to wake up in the morning with enthusiasm and be like, yay, you know, I'm going to do this. And then the following day, yeah, I'm going to do this regardless of whatever is happening around you. You know, if you've ever started a business, you'll know that, I mean, for months and months, you're not making sales, but you have to wake up in the morning, stand in front of a client as if you've made $1 million already. You know what, how hard that is? I don't have time to worry about, you know, what this person or that person is thinking of me. No, what I say is very simple. I'm on a journey, I'm on a path, 
right? I am going somewhere. If you want to help me get there, great. Let's, let's, let's team up. Let's do it together. If you need me to help you get to where you are going, great. Let's do it together. But if it's going to be about your, your, you know, your little petty stories about this and that judging me, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a damn. That's how it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm too busy fulfilling my dreams and being worried about you, right? So, so all the people that I come across, you know, in my life, you know, some people are there to play, you know, roles of supporting you emotionally. Some people are there to open doors for opportunities for you. Some people are there, you know, uh, to lead you to the next thing. Some people are there just to teach you lessons, right? So it's about understanding what role people play when they come into your life, you know, and, 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 you know, and being able to build a connection and a relationship with those people on a very true and deep level. And that's it. The rest, I don't have time for it. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say, right? Ain't nobody got time for that, right? Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now, uh, let's transition back to your story a little bit. What makes you choose uh, Bali? Um, I mean, there are so many places you can go. Why Bali specifically? And what are the challenges that you face when you are here for the first time? Uh, here as in Indonesia or here as in Bali? Here, here in Indonesia and Bali. Uh, okay. Well, so before Bali, I was actually in Jakarta. I was living, I lived in Jakarta for about a year. Um, and I, and I was teaming up with, uh, uh, an, a British friend and, um, and, and, and two Indonesians. So we had a, uh, we had, we had a training business, right? So we train companies, uh, on leadership, on management and the English friend of mine held the academic English side of the business. Right. Yeah. So he delivered the English Academy. So I would come in and do the, you know, the management training and the, and the leadership training and the motivation and all of that. Right. And we did that for about a year uh, until, you know, to the point where some, some of my partners got greedy. And um, yeah. And, and I mean, along the side of that, I was still, you know, doing, you know, what, I, what I'm great at. As a matter of fact, all of those things that I'm doing were part of what I call my gift. I was still exercising my gift. Right. And uh, so after that, I mean, after that episode, you know, because it became a very, very bad vibe. And I don't really like, you know, where there is division because, you know what, I love the Bible when it says that where there is division, you shall fall, but united, you shall stand, right? So I love to always create, you know, an environment of unity around me. So yeah, it becomes a very bad vibe because of money. Like, you know what, it's okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to move to the next thing. And, you know, I've always heard about Bali, but then I've never been to Bali before. And I've always heard about, you know, Bali pieces, Bali, everybody me like Bali. I'm like, what is this place exactly, Bali? You know what? Okay. I'll go there and uh, see what is there indeed, right? And I came, right? And I came and, uh, yeah, I mean, a month became two, two became three, right? And uh, what I like about the place is that, I mean, now the corona, you can't do it anymore, but, but there's, there's, uh, there's, it has always been, you know, consistently, you know, events where you speaking, even where you are training, even where you are, you know, developing your skills and the, the ability to network here is huge, right? Uh, you meet people from all walks of life, from all around the world with, you know, different ideas. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've learned so much. I've met so many great people so far. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an awesome journey. It's been an awesome journey, yeah? Yeah. So, I, I, I want to backtrack a little bit now for, uh, well, it's from the 
the event that you spoke uh, at um, at JTI, which is the, the the organization that we're we're both involved in, and I still remember you mentioned this, and it it um, it blows me a little bit. And when you talk about you talk about leadership, and what makes a good leader, right? What makes a good? I mean, everybody has their own different uh, perspective of what makes a good leader, right? Um, what in your opinion? What do you think makes a good leader? Mm. In your opinion, I, I I don't I don't want to know about other people's opinion, right? I want okay. to know your opinion. What do you think okay. is a good leader? Great. How? Leadership, leadership, leadership. So leadership is the capacity to influence people through inspiration, right? Um, motivated by your passion, right? Driven by a sense of purpose and ignited, right? By, by, by a sense of duty, right? So... The primary channel of leadership is inspiration. Inspiration is defined as the mental stimulus, right, of a person which enables them to create, right? In other words, it's a mental stimulus which enables them to do something they've never done before, right? To think outside of their box, Right. So first of all, any leader that is unable to inspire the people around him is not a leader. <laughs> so inspiration is everything. So a leader has to have a great deal of ability to inspire his people. Right. And, and, and obviously for you to inspire someone, you've got to be, you know, on the path of inspiration yourself every single day. Right. Which means you've got to have it within that you are that person that feels inspired. Be over the moon every single day so that you're able to transfer that to your people. Right. That's number one. Number two. You see, it says that, that look, the quote of Dr. Miles Monroe says that in every follower, extract a hidden leader, right? So I believe that we are all leaders. Therefore, the leader's job is to what enable others to view themselves as leaders, not to view themselves as followers. You understand? It says that a great leader is the one that reproduces other leaders. And it's sad that we know it doesn't happen all around there in the world where you see people, you know, are actually fighting to keep their followers where they should be, right? I mean, where they are, like, like they don't want you to grow up. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be led by somebody like that, right? That's why I make it primary that when I'm leading people, I always make it a point that I teach them everything I know, literally, so that they are able to become great copies of myself. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because I know that, that my success as a leader is determined by how well my followers have become leaders after me. Not while I'm there. Not while I'm there. No, no, no. After me, if they are doing great things, then I know that I did a great job as a leader. Right? But after me, if they're still struggling and they're unable to find themselves, then I must be ashamed of myself. 
that, you know what, I did not do a great job as a leader. Right? And then third, and then third. No, was that the second or third? Fourth now. That was the third, right? Fourth. A leader has to have a vision. Right? And a vision that is driven, right, by a sense of purpose. Okay? So a leader needs to have a purpose. It needs to have a vision. Right? Because, because the vision is what is when you see your purpose. You just know where you're going, man. And, and, and all, your cells, all, your cell, all the cells of your body are convinced of it. You just know. You just stay true to that path. Every single cell in your body you know, wakes up every morning to go towards that purpose, to make that vision come to life. Every leader has got to have a vision. Because in the absence of vision, people perish. You cannot lead people if they don't know where, where they are going, right? They ask you, uh, sir, where are we going? You say, ah, uh, you know, yeah, we, okay, we're just taking a walk. Okay, guess what's going to happen? When you reach a point, the person's going to go left, the other person's going to go right, if it's going to go back, and uh, you're going to find yourself, you know, walking on the path alone. So a leader has got to have vision, right? Point number five. When you're a leader, right, and you're leading doesn't matter. Some people say lead from the front, lead from the back. It doesn't matter. But what matters the most is the mindset and the tenacity that you're leading with. Because as a leader, and I, I mean, the leader can be compared to the shepherd of the flock, right? And when you are the shepherd, when you are the shepherd of the flock, you face the danger first before your sheep. Right, you encounter the hurricane first before your sheep. You find a way to right protect your sheep from the harm of the lion. Right. So, so as a leader, it's important that you have integrity. Right. That you stand firm on the ground. Your both your feet must be must be standing firm because you will even be tried by your own followers. That means the hard times are gonna come. Right. So as a leader, it is then important that you are able to have a firm ground and have a strong level of tenacity of being able to go through challenges after challenges without the loss of enthusiasm and vision. Right. Okay. And then and then and, and then and then point number six, a leader needs to have a great ability to develop his people spend time with them, invest in them. And that investment can be time, can be knowledge, can be money, can be resources. It can be anything. You've got to grow your people yourself so that they can be a product of your own doing, a product of your own coaching. All right. And then last but not least, a leader's got to have fun. <laughs> have fun. Have fun. Have fun with your people, right? Doesn't have to be serious all the time. Come on, have fun. All right. We don't have to, you know, be all the time, you know, creating, creating, creating. Have some fun with your people. Right. I I really like when you said that everybody has uh, you know, like hidden in themselves a leader, right? But for some people, it's very hard to extract that out. Right? I always tell people that you are a leader without you knowing it. By you being yes. a Father, you are a leader. By you being a mother, you are a leader. Right? Even though you are at the lowest level in your organization, but you are yes. a parent in your house, you are a leader. Yes. But some people just don't, I, I mean, they are not able to uh, grasp that idea. They think that being a leader has to do great big things. Right? What is your point of view about that? 
Oh yeah, Ping, I totally agree with you. I agree with you with all my heart and my soul and my spirit and my other generations as well agree with you. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, you know, it's all in how we view, you know, uh, what responsibility is, right? So um, responsibility, it's at every turning point in our lives, right? Um, let me put it this way. For you to even wake up in the morning and brush your teeth, you have to be responsible. Right? It starts from that. That's why they say that to cultivate discipline, it starts from the little things. Right? Little things as being on time, even when it's your own father that you have an appointment with. Right? It starts as a little things as just ironing your clothes, right? When you go in front of people, you start as a little thing, uh, polishing your shoes, you know? So, so responsibility, you know, it it's works at every single level of our lives, right? So then to that level of responsibility comes leadership. Right? So, I mean, we then need to be able to discern that we are responsible whether we like it or not at any point of our lives, whether we are the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporate or whether we are a janitor. Let me tell you a story, Ping. So I had this friend that uh, back then, you know, we, we were in corporate together. He used to work for another company and um, he had lost his job. And you know what? He had to find something to do. He had to pay his bills and he got his job. He got his job as a janitor, right? And I was like, I mean, not just me, like all, all, all his friends. We are like, dude, you're going to do it. He said, hey, listen, man, look, everything that your hands find to do on earth, do it. Because where you are going next, right? When, where death is, there's nothing to do there. So he's, you know, I learned that from him, that be humble, do anything. That's not better. So this friend of mine took that job for, for the meantime, you know, and, and, and he, he had this, uh, a value, this ability, this, this discipline that everything he did, and I shared that with him, that everything you do, do, you well, do it well. And this guy will clean his floors like nobody's business. And, 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 and the, uh, uh, the CEO of the company walked past, you know, every single day and you see how Julie, this man, you know, applied himself in his job. Until one day, the CEO, you know, uh, engaged conversation with him and asked him, but how is it possible that as a janitor you have so much passion in what you do? Because I just see another level of cleaning, you know, ever since I've been walked, I've been walking this floor. And he answered to this his CEO with this quote of Nido Kuban, which says that everything worth doing is worth doing greatly. That we are all responsible at whatever level of the organization that we are. Because it's only by applying that sense of responsibility that we truly tap into our own sense of leadership. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, 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 so this friend of mine, even though he was a janitor, he still viewed himself as a leader. And guess what happened? The CEO wanted, wanted to know, so what are your credentials actually? Because you speak pretty well. Oh, yeah, my credentials, here you go. And guess what? In a matter of a day, this friend of mine went from being a janitor, janitor to stepping back into becoming a senior manager again in that organization, right? So, so what I'm trying to say through this, this story is that being a leader, it starts from small things, right? 
So it's only until we, we are able to value ourselves, right, and understand that whatever actions we take on a daily basis has to do with our identity as people and as leaders, then we are able to make justice to ourselves. Wow. That's very powerful. What most people, um, I don't want to say don't know how to do, but what most people don't uh, realize, you know, as you said earlier, uh, do things that, um, the things that you are worth doing, do it more, you know, with more passion, right? Do it like, uh, like you mean it, right? Just that so many times people are so stuck on their job scope, right? They say, let's say, okay, I'm a market, I, I'm, I'm in marketing, right? You're just going to do marketing stuff, but other stuff, you don't care about it within a, within a company. Or for example, let's say you are, you are, uh, you are doing sales, right? You don't care about operations. You only want to do sales, right? Uh, and because of that, you don't, you are not growing as a person, right? And also like what you said, uh, surround yourself with people. But oftentimes, I don't know about you, but this is what I, I've seen many people doing it is that they, because of that, they said, okay, if this person is not it's uh, not something that I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking for. Then I will not even want to uh, network with this person. If this person don't give me any benefit, then I'm not going to network with this person. It's like shallow relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would how would you um, tell people not to do this? Uh, being I mean to to be a great leader, you have to surround yourself with people, right? How how do you make them see? that this is actually something that will uh, ruin you, uh, not only professionally, but personally as well. Uh, I mean, just, just, sorry, I just need to understand your question well. So are you saying that, um, just please, just reformulate your question if you don't mind. Okay, so it's like this. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes people, uh, when, they want, uh, when they want to network with a, with a certain friend or certain individual, they first see how, uh, what is this person, uh, how will this person help me? Benefit me, yes. Benefit me. If this person yeah. doesn't benefit me, and after two or three conversations, this person doesn't benefit me, then this person, uh, I will not want to network with this person. Mm-hmm. That is what, what most people do. And this mm-hmm. has caused a great uh, problem uh, in their life because, because of that, they are mm-hmm. very selective of the people. Because you said earlier, right? Quality people only, QPO. Sure. Right? But um, oftentimes people are so mistaken that uh, for QPO, it has to be QPO for me. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how, how yeah. you as a leader, how would you yeah. uh, help them to get unstuck and, and, and don't go that route, basically? Good. Thank you, Ping. Um, I think this is, this is pretty simple, right? So um, the question is that, so, okay, let, let, let me tell you this, right? So I remember the speech of uh, John F. Kennedy, right? Um, it, was, it was the day on which he was assassinated. He said that it's not about what your country can do for you, but it's about what you can do for your country, right? So in other words, what I'm saying is that it shouldn't only be about what people can do for you, or what people can benefit you, but ask yourself as well, how can I also benefit others? 
Do you get what I'm saying? So, so networking is is not only about you know taking and taking and taking. It's also about giving and giving and giving. As a matter of fact, when you give more, you get more. You know, I love the quote of Tony Robbins, which says that secret of living is giving. I love that quote. So, so you know, uh, to answer your question, Ping, uh, first of all, it's about people understanding that there is a lesson to be learned everywhere, right? Whether you are with a poor person or whether you're a rich person, there is a lesson to be learned. There was a friend of mine who will just take his time and go chill out with a homeless person. And he'll be chatting with that person for hours and hours. And he'll come back and be like, whoa, man, the amount of things I've learned today with that person standing in the, in the side of the street is unbelievable, you know? So it's about us understanding that benefit or whatever you call it, or things to be learned or, or, or you know, or, or, or inspiration or things that you need to move forward does not always reside with the person that you see as being higher in class of you in the society, right? There are lessons, there are wisdoms to be gained everywhere. As a matter of fact, the place where you think there is least things to be gained is where there are things that to be gained for you. You get what I'm saying? So it's about us coming to that level of understanding that you know what? Everybody's got a role to play. And if they cannot play a role for me, I can play a role for them. You understand? And I think once we come to that understanding, that realization, we kind of treat people differently and we become, you know, we have even more room, right, for connections and for growth. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And this is also the same thing that you are doing. Uh, as well to to myself and to the audience, if you are giving your time, you are giving your knowledge, you are giving your experience, and you share as many as you possibly could, as great as you possibly could for us. And for that, exactly. we really, really appreciate you. Yeah, right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you yeah, guys too. You. Big time. You know, yeah. I, I, I wrote this crazy note uh, just by our, our uh, about one hour conversation now. And I really like you know when you talk about vision and purpose and i would like to uh um for you to make it more clearer i guess for mm -hmm. the for the uh, listener because to have a vision and to have a purpose is two completely different things right how do you uh help them to extract this information out and so that they can okay this is this is uh based on steven's uh, idea. This is something that I want to do. This is my purpose, and this is my vision, and this is the place where I should go, and I have to take action to get there. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, good. So, according to, I mean, what I've learned so far in life, being is that everybody has a purpose, right? And that purpose is tied with the gift that we have within us. You know, now the vision, the vision can change time to time, depending on where you are, what you're doing, but the purpose never changes, right? The purpose is like that, that ultimate architecture based on which you were created. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so the, the, the vision, right? The vision, that one can change, but whatever you do to fulfill that purpose, the purpose on its own, whether you live in Togo, whether you live in Indonesia, whether you live in America, the purpose 
never ever changes. Right? I'll give you an example. Let me give a very simple example for, for the listeners for them to understand what I'm talking about, right? So let's take a shoe, right? What is the purpose of a shoe? Right? The purpose of a shoe is to protect our feet. And that's never ever gonna change. Whether it's a shoe of a ten thousand dollars of a shoe of a thousand dollars, it never is gonna change. What is a shoe of one dollar? It's never gonna change. The purpose of the shoe is to protect our feet. You get what I'm saying? Now, the person that created the shoe, the vision that they saw for them to to change the shape or the size of the value or whatever of the shoes, that's what changes, right? So, so I'm saying that I'm saying that the purpose is in the gift of each and every individual. You understand and by exercising your gift you know you know being it's just that thing man that nobody can explain to you better than you you know you, i mean you 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 know it yourself that you know there are some things that when you just do it like like you feel as if you 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 are inexistent man you feel as if you are one with nature you feel you feel invincible you know there are some things when you're doing it you're like yeah you know, like like how some swamis will say, you are in your element. You know, I'm in my element. You know what I'm saying? You are in your element, but like nobody can take that away from you. And that usually is always tied along to our gift, right? And then the vision, how you see yourself while fulfilling that purpose is the vision. While you see yourself on the other side is the vision. Therefore, it is imperative to always have a vision. Then when you bring in that vision to reality, automatically you fulfill your purpose if you're exercising your true gift. Mm. Vision changes, the purpose never change. That is incredible, incredibly powerful. I'm sure this will help so many people. Now let's go to the, since you said that in order to be a good leader, you have to have fun. Okay, let's have fun a little bit. So I want you to share with us uh, maybe some, um, you know, like from Togo or from Africa, uh, a good story or a good quote that uh, can inspire people that perhaps don't know about, about this story uh, that's based in Africa. A quote, a quote from Africa, you mean? A quote or a story or a fable or like, like a uh, whatever, like a story that, that like, Oh wow! I didn't know that um, you know this happened in Africa, or I didn't know that uh, Africa's teaching is like very—it's so ancient, but it's um, very relatable to current situation. Oh, indeed, 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 Bing, that's so true, right? There are so many of them. Wow! You've just you've just you've just thrown a bus at me, right? <laughs> you literally took a big bus and just throw it at me. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um. What story am I going to tell you now? Let me tell you the story of, um, <laughs> let me tell you, since we are having fun, right? Let me tell you the story of, uh, uh, of, of the spider, right? So, 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 and this story was told to me by, by my great-grandfather. He died at 121 years old, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so. Really? 121 years old? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So anyway, uh, so the, the tale goes that in those days, right, animals could speak, right? So spiders, crocodiles, everything could speak, right? 
and they all lived in this huge jungle, right? And uh, the spider was known to, you know, be very malicious. So there was a king then, you know, yeah, in the jungle. And the time has come when the daughter of the king had to be married, right? So there was then um, um, a test that the king put out there that, uh, first of all, people that have to, I mean, a person that, the person that has to win the hand of, of, of his daughter, first, the person has to fly, right? Fly and then land in the, in the, in the compound of the king first. And secondly, there is one very hot pot of soup, right? That's very, very hot that you need to drink that pot of soup without making, right? <laughs> Okay, so, so I mean, obviously, you know, all birds, all birds, you know, eagle, eagle was the first eagle, you know, they, they qualified, they flew and they landed there, right? And, um, you know, the spider, the spider, though, what the spider did was the spider went to a witch, okay? And the spider went to a witch and told the witch that, hey, witch, I always heard that uh, you are very powerful, but I've never actually seen your power. You know, but I want to test you today. If you are indeed powerful, make me be able to fly and land in the house of the king. But if you're not powerful, I will tell the whole kingdom that your powers are fake. And the, and the, and the witch was like, what? No way. I'm the most powerful person ever. Here you go. And then he made the spider, the spider fly, right? And then all the way land into the house of the king, right? That's one. And then while the spider landed there, you know, there was like a long queue of other animals there and they were all drinking this soup. They were like, ah, you know, and they were all, you know, you know, failing and failing until the turn of the spider came. And the spider took the pot of soup and was like, hey, listen, everybody, listen. So the spider was a public speaker, by the way. <laughs> he was a very good public speaker, right? And he's like, everybody, listen. You're honorable the king. I want to tell you a story. You see, everybody here has been drinking this soup and it's making, right? But you see, my king, I want to tell you a story. While I was growing up, this is the spider talking, right? You see, while I was growing up, I've met every animal there on my way, right? And every time I met them, right, we shared a meal. And when we shared a meal, we drank a soup. And as he was telling the story, he would drink the soup. And he said, okay, while we shared a meal, we drank a soup and the animal would do, <laughs> right? And then, and then he move on to the next person. He said, okay, um, you see, I, when I was the age of five, I met the crocodile and we shared a meal. And when we shared a meal, we drank this hot soup and the crocodile made, you know, <laughs> And, and, and as he was telling the story, he was public speaking and telling the story and telling the story. By the time everybody knew, he finished the soup. <laughs> he finished the soup and, and there he goes, right? And he ended up marrying the, the, the daughter of, of the king, right? So, so anyway, the, this, this, the lesson of the story is that, first of all, there's nothing impossible. Right, the spider cannot fly, right? But he made it possible. He made a way for him to fly to the to the to the compound of the king. Secondly, right, 
per, the, the perception of others does not determine what you can do. Right? I mean, the spider is the smallest, the, the most, you know, nobody, nobody looked at the spider, right? Nobody even thought that he could do that, right? So, so nobody actually even thought that he could do it. But it's his own perception of himself that led him to taking action to get in that, right? And then thirdly, right, be wise. Wisdom, right? Wisdom. Mm-hmm. So he applied wisdom to everything that he did, right? And, and, by, and he used wisdom to find a way to make that soup drinkable, right? And mm-hmm. then fourth and last lesson, fourth and last lesson is that always redefine the problem, right? Uh, uh, instead of asking, how do I eat many hot dogs per minute? Kobe asked, how do I make hot dogs eatable? So instead of asking, how can I drink uh, this soup without making, the, the, the spider asked, how can I make this soup drinkable without making, so those are the lessons of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you become, you become a great coach and a public speaker because of listening to this side of the story, I guess, without you knowing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> wow, that's great. See, uh, for those of you listening, um, you've, you've, you've seen, uh, first time you've listened to uh, Stephen and how incredible he is as a, as a person, as a leader, as a coach. And I'm very, very sure that if you have anything, uh, you know, stuck in the rut, I say, uh, he can help you get unstuck, right? So, Stephen, if people would like to um, find out more about you and want to uh, perhaps uh, follow you or uh, want to engage with you, how can, how can they do that? Oh, very simple. Stephen Dosu, S-T-E-V-N-D-O-S-O-U is my surname. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message, right? Just drop me a line and say, hey, you know, yeah. And I also reply like, hey, but disclaimer, I get very excited when people contact me, right? So be, be, be ready to share my energy with me, right? Um, yeah, so just drop me a line and uh, let's get together, right? Let's get together and determine how do we make you successful right how do you do we, do we make you you know indeed realize that idea you know when we talk about success being success is not about accumulating materialistic things or buying this car no r90 girl defines success as the progressive realization of a worthy idea right frank Fr- 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 franklin roosevelt defines success as what the consistent pursuit of an inner ideal and the outer achievement related to that ideal. In other words, when you have an ideal that is worthy to you, doesn't matter what people think about it. As long as you find yourself progressing at it, you're successful. So let us see how we can make you successful, how we can make you indeed leave your purpose, right? And unleash your potential and indeed catalyst your growth in your life. That's what I do. That is what my passion is. I speak. I speak to crowds, to thousands of people. So if you need me to speak and come and ignite the transformation in people, let me know. I will do it with pride. I will coach you with pride. We'll do everything with pride and excitement. Yeah. And most importantly, really, really fun. Because that's what he is. Right? Yeah. You can see, I'm yeah. very, very sure that his energy, even from... Uh, from uh, from speaking to me, you can feel the energy. If you are watching, uh, you can see uh, the way he talk uh, with hand movement and stuff. It's it's incredible. I'm sure if I meet him in person, I will be like 
crazy as well and and had a lot of fun uh, i really really appreciate you for your time thank you so much for everything and i'm 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 going to drop uh you know your your information your link and everything in the description down below and you can just follow him and uh learn from him so thank you so much uh, Stephen, again for your time really great. really appreciate you great awesome and awesome. i'm i'm currently giving a sorry ping i'm currently giving a 30 minutes free one-on-one -on -one, so you can go to www.transformnow.site slash steven dosu right www.transformnow.site slash steven dosu and click there and book your 30 minutes for free great so thank you so much all of you for listening it's been great and looking forward to speaking with you again for the next one cheers bye bye thank you so much Bye-bye.